Welcome to Classics Out Loud. The Blue Castle by L.M. Montgomery. Chapter 35. 30 seconds can be very long sometimes. Long enough to work a miracle or a revolution. In 30 seconds, life changed wholly for Barney and Valancy Snaith. They had gone around the lake one June evening in their disappearing propeller, fished for an hour in a little creek, left their boat there, and walked up through the woods to Port Lawrence two miles away. Bouncy prowled a bit in the shops and got herself a new pair of sensible shoes. Her old pair had suddenly and completely given out, and this evening she had been compelled to put on the little fancy pair of patent leather with rather high, slender heels, which she had brought in a fit of folly one day in the winter because of their beauty and because she wanted to make one foolish, extravagant purchase in her life. She sometimes put them on of an evening in the Blue Castle, but this was the first time she had worn them outside. She had not found it any too easy walking up through the woods in them, and Barney had guided her unmercifully about them. But in spite of the inconvenience, Valancy secretly liked the look of the trim ankles and high instep above those pretty, foolish shoes, and did not change them in the shop as she might have done. The sun was hanging low above the pines when they left Port Lawrence. In the north of it, the woods closed around the town quite suddenly. Valancy always had a sense of stepping from one world to another, from reality to fairyland, when she went out of Port Lawrence, and in a twinkling found it shut off behind her by the armies of pines. A mile and a half from Port Lawrence, there was a small railroad station with a little station house, which, at this hour of the day, was deserted, since no local train was due. Not a soul was in sight when Barney and Valancy emerged from the woods. Off to the left, a sudden curve of the track hid it from view, but over the treetops beyond, the long plume of smoke betokened the approach of a through train. The rails were vibrating to its thunder as Barney stepped across the switch. Valancy was a few steps behind him, loitering to gather dune bells along the little winding path. But there was plenty of time to get across before the train came. She stepped unconcernedly over the first rail. She could never tell how it happened. The ensuing thirty seconds always seemed in her recollection like a chaotic nightmare in which she endured the agony of a thousand lifetimes. The heel of her pretty, foolish shoe caught in a crevice of the switch. She could not pull it loose. Barney! Barney! she called in alarm. Barney turned, saw her predicament, saw her ashen face, dashed back. He tried to pull her clear. He tried to wrench her foot from the prisoning hold. In vain. In a moment the train would sweep around the curve, would be on them. Go, go quick, you'll be killed, Barney, shrieked Valancy, trying to push him away. Barney dropped to his knees, ghost white, frantically tearing at her shoelace. The knot defied his trembling fingers. He snatched a knife from his pocket and slashed at it. Valancy still strove blindly to push him away. Her mind was full of the hideous thought that Barney was going to be killed. She had no thought for her own danger. Barney, go, go, for God's sake, go! Never, muttered Barney between his set teeth. He gave one mad wrench at the lace. As the train thundered around the curve, he sprang up and caught Valancy, dragging her clear, leaving the shoe behind her. The wind from the train as it swept by turned to icy cold the streaming perspiration on his face. Thank God, he breathed. For a moment they stood stupidly staring at each other, two white, shaken, wild-eyed creatures. 
Then they stumbled over to the little seat at the end of the station house and dropped on it. Barney buried his face in his hands and said not a word. Valancy sat, staring straight ahead of her, with unseeing eyes at the great pine woods, the stumps of the clearing, the long, gleaming rails. There was only one thought in her dazed mind, a thought that seemed to burn it as a shaving of fire might burn her body. Dr. Trent had told her over a year ago that she had a serious form of heart disease, that any excitement might be fatal. If that was so, why was she not dead now, this very minute? She had just experienced as much and as terrible excitement as most people experience in a lifetime, crowded into that endless 30 seconds. Yet she had not died of it. She was not an iota the worse for it. A little wobbly at the knees, as anyone would have been. A quicker heartbeat, as anyone would have. Nothing more. Why? Was it possible Dr. Trent had made a mistake? Bouncy shivered, as if a cold wind had suddenly chilled her to the soul. She looked at Barney, hunched up beside her. His silence was very eloquent. Had the same thought occurred to him? Did he suddenly find himself confronted by the appalling suspicion that he was married, not for a few months or a year, but for good, and all to a woman he did not love, and who had foisted herself upon him by some trick or lie? Valancy turned sick before the horror of it. It could not be. It was too cruel, too devilish. Dr. Trent couldn't have made a mistake. Impossible. He was one of the best heart specialists in Ontario. She was foolish, unnerved by the recent horror. She remembered some of the hideous spasms of pain she had had. There must be something serious the matter with her heart to account for them. But she had not had any for nearly three months. Why? Presently Barney bestirred himself. He stood up, without looking at Valancy, and said casually, I suppose we'd better be hiking back. Sun's getting low. Are you good for the rest of the road? I think so said Valancy miserably. Barney went across the clearing and picked up the parcel he had dropped, the parcel containing her new shoes. He brought it to her and let her take out the shoes and put them on without any assistance, while he stood with his back to her and looked out over the pines. They walked in silence down the shadowy trail to the lake. In silence, Barney steered his boat into the sunset miracle that was Mustawis. In silence, they went around feathery headlands and across coral bays and silver rivers, where canoes were slipping up and down in the afterglow. In silence they went past cottages echoing with music and laughter. In silence, drew up at the landing place below the blue castle. Valancy went up the rock steps and into the house. She dropped miserably on the first chair she came to, and sat there staring through the oriel, oblivious of Goodluck's frantic purrs of joy, and Banjo's savage glares of protest at her occupancy of his chair. Barney came in a few minutes later. He did not come near her, but stood behind her and asked gently if she felt any worse for her experience. Valancy would have given her year of happiness to have been able honestly to answer, yes. No, she said flatly. Barney went into Bluebeard's chamber and shut the door. She heard him pacing up and down, up and down. He had never paced like that before. And an hour ago... Only an hour ago, she had been so happy.